I pray, Lord Jesus, that everything, Lord Jesus, that is said, Lord Jesus, that it comes from you, Lord, from my heart, mind, and soul, Lord Jesus, that you will, Lord Jesus, teach your people, feed your people mildly, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the opening, Lord Jesus, for my the, using my son, Lord Jesus, and the worship from my wife, Lord Jesus, that you used her, Lord Jesus, too. We thank you so much, Lord Jesus. We lift you up and give you all honor and glory and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Pastor Chris. Good morning, morning Pastor, Pastor Chris. Chris. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I um, this might be kind of short today. Um, but it, it it's been it's been a it's been a um. There's a movie that Shell and I have watched. It's called Overcomer. And when it first came out, we saw it in the theaters with the other pastors. We kind of previewed the movies. Um, we got on. Um, it, it was it was one of the things that we used as a, as date night for both of us when we used to um, uh, have a, a very limited budget. <laughs> and so um, we would go and see the movies, and they weren't they weren't finished. So some of the scenes weren't finished. But majority of the picture was, and they just wanted to have the pastors view it so that they would know what was coming. And when we saw it the first time, it wasn't like any Kendrick movie. You know, Kendrick movies, they did uh, Facing the Giants and Fireproof and, and Courageous and, and um, War Room. And, and, and it just wasn't the same. So we just kind of put it by the side and we didn't get the movie. Uh, and then Shell was watching it um, a couple of months ago, and I sat down and watched it with her and was just crying through some scenes. It was so powerful. It was called the movie's called Overcomer. And um, it, it, it had so many different other stories going along, how God moved in different areas and how it moved in their lives and how he was speaking to them and how um he was moving through them and 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 really um just amazing how he was touching them um in their times of uh persecution and in times of of um being very low um and um also in times of where they thought they were okay and then finding out through Christ, they weren't really okay. But then what happened was it was like, um, it was like having dirt, forgetting that you planted, you didn't plant any seeds in the dirt. And then so what happens is you go back to that area and you plant seeds and you stir up all that dirt and put nutrients in that dirt. So you, you start to sow and then he makes it grow and, and vegetation started to come through. And, and what I mean by that is that an area where they thought that they were okay because they, they thought they were good people, really they were not. And that's why that area was dead. And, and God showed them the wrong and lifted that from that as they were repented and changed their ways. And then 
that whole area affected everything else within their life and it changed. And if when we look at that as an overcomer, because the definition Webster's definition of overcomer is one who succeeds in dealing with or or gaining control of some problem of difficulty. I'll say that again, one who succeeds. So you're going to succeed. This is not a fail. This is one who succeeds or gains control of, of some problem or difficulty. And then the challenge may come from. Well, without like drug addiction, discrimination or from within us like procrastination, fear or aimlessness. And as I started to watch this movie, really what it was saying is, how come you're not an overcomer? Chris, how come you're not an overcomer? How come you're, are you an overcomer in your health, in the kidney issues that you have? Are you an overcomer uh, in family life as a husband and, 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 and a father? Are you over overcomer even in 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 um, the gifts that God's given you, and those are things that we don't ask those questions to point the finger. We ask those questions to see if we actually are, because this this conversation is between us and God, and that's the beauty of 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 a little bit of of what I want to try and talk about. When you when you when God shows you something. If you point fingers at yourself and get down on yourself and you're critical of yourself, you're the one holding yourself down. Or if you listen to someone as they persecute, you know, they, they, they throw things at you or are you really listening to them and asking God that he give you the understanding? Because if you can do that first, where you're asking God for the understanding rather than listening to the way they're they're talking to you, then you gain. And I say that because there's very many times that I heard that I heard the tone of voice that was coming at me rather than what they were speaking. And I should have been listening to what they were speaking to me because what they were speaking to me. That was godly. How they were giving it was not. And what I didn't realize is that the reason why that they were they were so intense is because they they were they they truly love me. I just didn't I just didn't receive that as love. But they were doing that because they were trying to tell me, come on, you know, this is not something you put on the back burner or you 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 compartmentalize. And if I would have listened first and then prayed. And had God give me that understanding. We will always be further along. He can use anything. And I really believe that. I really, 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 really believe that. So I want to become I'm an overcomer. But who am I? Who are you? Ask yourself, who are you? Right? Who are you? Here's an example for me. Um, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I'm a son. I'm a child of God. 
I'm a nephew. I'm a cousin. Um, I'm a hard worker. I'm a child of God. I'm a sinner. I'm a fearful person. I am weak in certain areas and I am strong in certain areas. I am rebellious and I am obedient. And, and as I went through some of these things, this is my perception. So if someone goes, well, no, you're not like that because you do this. Oh, no, you're not like that. because. But from my perspective, that's what I think I am. So when I'm talking to God and I'm saying these things, he might reply back, no, but how about this and how about that? That's what I need to listen to. And not from your friends and not from others, but really from when God speaks. And he, he, he reproofs you. Or someone that's coming to you that God has sent. We need to listen to those people too. And as we listen to them, and we open our heart to what's going on and we really press. There's a reason why he's saying it at that time. He's not just saying it because that, that it starts with an A or it starts with a C and it's top of the of the alphabet chart. He's saying it because at this time you need that you need to or you need to get rid of it. You need to get rid of that fear. You need to get rid of that, that procrastination. You need to get rid of the fear. Because the test is on the way. See, in order to become an overcomer, you need to start with a problem. And the problem may be coming. And the only one that knows that or has the plans is God. That's why we need to listen to God. Because he has the problems, he has the plan, and he has the purpose, and then he knows what the outcome is. Wow, I guess I should stay close. I should really stay close. But when I ask this question, who are you? Ask it from a truth standpoint, from not, not, not who you want to be. Who are you? And if you're not there yet, that's okay. But know that you're not there yet, because that's the... That's in dealing with truth. You have to deal with truth. And, and, and here's some scriptures of why truth is so important. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. You can't talk to someone if, they're, if, if he's the truth. You can't talk to him in lies. You can't talk to him in deceit. And you can't talk to him thinking, well, you know what? This is what I think I am. And I don't care what everyone else thinks. That's pride. Talk to him in truth. By God's standards, not by your standards. John, John 14, 17 says that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. So you can't go talk to your friends who are worldly and say, hey, what do you think about me? Because they can't think on his terms. They don't even know him. It says in 17, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. That's why we seek him in his word. 
excuse me. That's why we do studies. And that's why it's so important to get into those studies. And to continue those studies. Because he's speaking. And he's going to guide and he's going to nurture and he's going to feed you. Let's go to Romans one twenty five. Romans one twenty Romans 1.25 says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Hmm. One of the things when I thought of that is if, if you don't know the creator, you worship the creation. If, 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 if I don't know the author of the book, but I love the book, you, you'll give praise to the book. The sad thing about that is, is that in the creator, he can touch your heart. He can heal your heart. And it's an amazing place to be when, when, when God starts to minister to your heart. And if you let him in, how he softens your heart. How he shows you what true love really is. And that in, in any despair that you think right now that you could be in a relationship or um, in a circumstance where you, you can't see the end. You're like, this is hopeless. I can't see this. This hurts too much. I cannot. I don't know what's going how it's, I'm going to get out of this. I hurt. I'm hurting right now, Lord. And we've all been in that situation. We've been in that situation to where we're crying with a closed door. No one else knows. And it's like, God, this really hurts. And, and I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to hurt. I didn't sign up to go through all this. And I can't even see the end of the tunnel. So I can't, I don't have any hope. And you may be thinking in your situation. I know God's real, but I don't see him and I'm not seeing him move. This is called endurance. This is called holding on. And if you believe, then show me you believe. Those are the times you get on your knees and you pray. Those are the times that you call out to him and you continue to seek after him with your whole heart, mind and soul. That's not as just a scripture that we read by that it says, you know, when we seek him with everything in us, we will find him. But there's a reason why he's not there right now, because you're not with him. You need to choose him this day who you will serve. You can listen and want the healing and then leave him. 
And maybe he knows that. Maybe you're a, I, I'm going I'm going to receive all I can and then I'll give him my, my extra. And if that's speaking to you, I've done that. That's why I, I know. We've all done that where we take his blessings and then when he tells us to do something that's really difficult and uncomfortable, we just go, I'm sorry, I can't do that, Lord. Not today, tomorrow. Man, the God that we serve, he knows exactly when to heal us. He knows exactly when to be with us. He knows exactly when to leave us also. And in those times that I've been going through in these last, I, I, these months become years. You keep pressing. And even, even, even when you don't know what it's going to be, you keep pressing. Because I'm going to tell you one thing, and, and you can take this good or bad, but it's not about you. This message today is not about me and not about Pastor Chris. And, and, and at certain times within this message, and I've been seeking for this message for a couple of weeks, I, I didn't know what it was. And because I've, I keep doing this and I keep listening to God because, see, I want to give you fresh manna. I want to give you word that's fresh, not something that was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. I want to give you whatever he wants you to say for today. A beautiful mentor of mine, Pastor Catherine, taught me that. She would she would rather give you fresh food, home cooked, right? Cooked it, put it together, and then as it's hot, right off the, off the grill, she would want to feed you. But she wouldn't want to cook that food a week ago and then bring it out and reheat it. She would rather give you fresh. God does the same thing for us. Sometimes the times that we wait is because he wants you to go through that. To get, You need to be stronger. You, your endurance needs to be stronger. The times that are coming, you're going to need, a, 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 your faith needs to be stronger. You can't be buckling in this first part. You're going to have to have a longer endurance. That's the other thing about Overcomer. This movie is about running. Man, I hate running. <laughs> Woo, I hate running. Oh, please. Oh, the only other thing that I hate more than running are stairs. So it's like as I saw them run these three miles. And he's he's telling them during this last race for state. OK, I know your body is saying, you know what, you need to close it down. Mom, your, 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 your muscles are tightening up and everything is and everything in your body is saying, hey, quit, man. We haven't gone this far for a long time this fast. And he and he was saying because she was listening to um, she had she had a recording in her ear. This is when now is when you press. Now is when you set your goal on that person in front of you. And now it start to it's time for you to reel it in. Let's go get it. 
and God saying, go get it. Forget about what you're physically feeling and let everything else give it to God. Let your Holy Spirit flow through you. That doesn't happen by just thinking about it. Today, you can't just sit down at the table and go, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to run five miles today in, in, in less than 20 minutes. Okay, I could do that. Because you have no bearing of what you just said. You don't know how, how long it's going to take you to get to that place, but he does. And if he's the trainer for our spiritual growth, wouldn't he know what to do at certain times? That's why we have to be so attentive to what he's saying, because when we blow him off, we're, we're, then we sin. And that's a scary place to be. That's a scary place to be. Are we lost because maybe we don't know who we are? Maybe you're not used to sitting down at the feet of God's feet. Sitting down, listening to him. And that means your mouth can't be moving. Your, your thoughts can't be thinking. Do you have a notebook and are you writing down what God is saying to you? Are you attentive about whatever he says to you and how he says it? Do you go and search for other scriptures to make sure that whatever he said to you, you know exactly what he said? And do you meditate on that? Not talk to anybody and just meditate on what he said. To really spend time with God and know who you are. Because he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows exactly what you're going to say. He knows exactly what you're going to do. Do we struggle because we don't recognize what really is the truth about what we do? The difference between intentions and actions. See, my intention is to be a good Christian. My intention is to always look out for others. But if I don't even look out for my own relationship with God, then why should I care of others first? I should be caring about mine first. Sometimes you could be hiding away from change. Maybe I don't want to change, or maybe I don't like change, or maybe change has always been something that's really hard in my life. And more important, who are we in Christ? So when we say we're a Christian, do we just do kind of Christianese things? Do we just do enough to look good? Or, or are we really trying to change to the point to where we really are gods? And not who I want to be. Let's go through some scriptures. Um, um, let's go to Proverbs 3.7. Proverbs 3, 7 says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And I, I used to think about, I used to think the scripture, 
don't be wise in your own eyes. And I thought, well, duh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, it, and, uh, certain times, um, for me, God really has a sense of humor because, um, he, he would say, Chris, he goes, if I tell you something and, and then you say, well, I'll do this. That's you. You'll do this is you. I told you to do this. That's me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't give him don't give him what you'll do. Just say, yes, Lord. That's what he really wants from us. It, it, isn't it interesting? Um in a lot of the soldier movies and of war and things like that, um, if you go back to the older movies, you you rarely hear someone when there's a general and he says, "Okay, Lieutenant, I need you to do this," and um, you you rarely hear the person react, "Well, I won't do that, but I'll do this." Right? Most of the time, it's like if if someone says something, you do it. And there's a reason why they're saying it, but you don't need to know the reason. You need to finish what they say they're doing. Does that make sense? If God is leading you, you don't need to maybe actually know why sometimes. You just need to trust him and do what he says to do. Because I am guarantee you, sometimes there's not enough time for him to explain to you what's going on. You just need to have that kind of trust as a father and son has a trust. He is your dad. He's the best dad in the world. John 6.35 says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. That's spiritually. As well as physically, spiritually. He's our provision for everything. And if he's our provision... then we don't have to worry about having an end and being weak. Because see, Christ isn't weak within us. He's amazingly strong within us. And when we're weak, we're strong. Uh, let's go to Jeremiah 22.3. Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver the one who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor. Do not mistreat, do violence to the stranger, the orphan or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. We're supposed to do what's justice, what's right. We're not supposed to act like the world acts and just do whatever we need to do to benefit. I love that because when we do what God wants us to do, not only do you take care of yourself, but you take care of others. And who's ever watching you and witnessing what you do, you can honestly say, well, God told me that. 
And if God told you that, then that's righteousness. And you're doing right in God's eyes. Then you don't have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to see, well, I want to make sure I'm being a Christian. If you do what God says to do, you are. That's the epitome of a Christian, is to be obedient to our God. Um, let's go to Judges chapter 6. And we're going to look at um, verses 1 through 12. Um, hey, Jonathan, can I have you read Judges um, chapter 6? Um, can you start at verse 1 and go through verse 6? And then, um, Pastor Ray, can I have you read 7 and go to 12? Am I going first or Jonathan? Oh, Jonathan. Jonathan's going to read 1 through 6, and then, Ray, you'll read 7 through 12 if that's okay. Okay. Judges 6, verse 1. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the eastern peoples invaded their country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They come. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Do I finish with verse 6? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Thank you, Jonathan. Being so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Mm -hmm. Now it came about when the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of Midian, that the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel. And he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, it was I who brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the land of, out of the house of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hands of all your oppressors and disposed them before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash and the Abizalite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. Oh, valiant warrior. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for reading. So when I was reading this, and I was thinking about being an overcomer, 
start off, you know, what what, what went on for to, to that God would be so mad? I mean, as I was reading in the middle of this, I was just like, man, this is ruthless. And I went back up to one and said, the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord gave them into the hands of the Midian seven years. See, when we. When we do what we want to do. And we start doing our own ways. That's evil. When we when we do evil in the sight of our God. That's what starts it. And. and whether they did that, they did that from their flesh because, see, we don't do anything. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and then not listen to what the Spirit is saying through through what's in you. Most of the times when you make a decision, it's your flesh that gives you flesh answers and flesh outcome. The sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. When we don't listen to God, that is evil. When we don't do what God says to do, that's evil. And the saddest thing about that whole thing is that it just hurts us. So he tells us what to do. He tells us when to do it, and we don't do either of those. And then in his sight, we do the op- whatever we want to do, which is evil. If you don't talk to him, you don't ask him, That's evil. That's truth. And sometimes that truth, and when we don't talk to God and we do what we, we, we do for our own comfort, we negate God out of, this, out of that whole equation. When you do stuff out of comfort, when you do stuff out of fear, when you do stuff because you know that it's going to take you a lot of effort and you don't want to do it, but God told you to do it, and what you do is you complain to God, and you just say, I, I'm sorry, Lord, I can't, and you just walk away. And just because you don't get reprimanded right then, know that it, it's, it hasn't gone away. And when you read, the, when you read Judges, he was mad. Whoa, he was mad. He didn't take their stuff when they didn't have anything. He made sure they had stuff and they destroyed everything. Right in front of them. And and, and I remember a lot of people that um, that were not Christians would say, well, why does a loving God do that? And I remember pastors telling me, a story. He said, I was walking down the street with my wife. And it was kind of a busy street in the suburbs. As we were walking down um, the sidewalk, it was the husband and the wife. And, and then they had a little child. He was, I think he was four, four or five. Cute kid. And he loved playing with dad. And 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 dad, this was the time time of period where dad 
didn't believe in being he wasn't disciplinary. The mom was. So if the mom said, hey, Stephen, come here, Stephen would come. But if it, if dad said, hey, Stephen, come here, he thought he was going to like run away from dad. He would run away. He wouldn't come to dad. He would run away because he thought he was playing. They were walking down the sidewalk and there was a gap between the spaces of the cars parked on the on the on the side of the street. And and there were a lot of cars going back and forth. Um, in the street. And. The dad said, Stephen, come here. And, and Stephen, first thing he did was turn his body away from dad and start running away because he thought dad was playing. And he started running and he didn't know really where he was running. You know how kids do that where they turn and they just keep running. They're not even looking where they're running. <laughs> and he was running between the gap of the cars that were parked. And he got to the middle of that. And the dad realized, oh, my goodness, he's going to run into the street because he's not seeing where he's going. Now he's yelling, Stephen, come here. And he turned it on and he got his son right before and he had stepped a, a couple baby steps into the street and the cars were honking and he grabbed his kid before he could get in there. And he turned to his child and he started scolding him like he'd never seen before, right? Don't you ever do that. And the wife turned to him and said, what do you mean? You taught him to run away. You didn't discipline him. You thought that was cute. Well, that's why we discipline, because if he doesn't hear our voices when we don't know when he knows not to, to start to keep playing. He won't stop. God doesn't discipline us because he hates us. God doesn't discipline us because he wants to punish us. God disciplines us because he, he, he loves us and he, we, need to have, we need to have strict guidelines. There needs to seriously be some borders around what we do. There's there's some there's an act right now going around and it's been going around for a long time, but it's just it's just more active these days that it's OK to drink. Show me, show me in the Bible where it says that show me where in the Bible it says it's OK to drink. It's OK to be intoxicated. It's OK to you know what? When you drink, that means that means really when you everything within you does not doesn't change. Well, that's wrong. Because when you drink, you get intoxicated, you get kind of loose, you don't really care. It changes your way you think, it changes the way you act, and it changes who you are. That's called drugs. And, and no matter what you want to say, I'm not supposed to be influenced by anything other than the Spirit of God. And you may be thinking, well, Chris, you're old fashioned. You know what? I grew up in a fraternity. I went to a fraternity. I went to Washington State. Wasn't proud of that. And I wasn't a Christian then either. That's why when you hear Pastor Admin say Pullman was the holy country, I didn't even know. I didn't know Pullman had a church. Because I didn't go there at the same time like that. 
And I'm not proud of that either, but I know that. I know that other side. I know what goes on. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to just have a, a party or a, a time to go out or just to, I need something to relax me. No, you need something that changes you, changes your whole lifestyle. Because when you go out for a drink, it's like dieting. Everyone hates the word dieting. You know why? Because diet means that you have to, it's strict, you don't like it, food's not good, and, and it's something that you don't want to do, but you want to lose the weight. But, but the thing about that whole thing is, is that if you don't like the food and you don't like doing it, then you won't do it. Not with your whole heart. If you take life-changing decisions, though, look up foods and recipes that sound good and try them out and stick to those on your diet, then that's different because those are life-changing principles that are going to change your life and you, you've already chosen it because it's good for you. Don't choose the easy way out. Don't think because everyone else is doing it, it's okay. And just because no one's gotten hurt doesn't mean that it's not it's that's not okay. Because what's what you can't see is spiritual things that that are being derived from what you do. And I guarantee you, there's a lot of fraternity friends that I miss, but I can't hang around because. The borders for me is that uh, also what came with that when I was in the fraternity was that I was a man pleaser, meaning that I also went along with what the guy said. And, and, and in that, God was teaching me how to lead. How would I lead my family right now today if I, if I went along with all the guys? Every time that Shell and I had a fight, I'd go to the bar, get drunk, come back. Miss work, lose my job, probably not living in a house, probably living somewhere else. I lose so much from one decision. And you may be thinking, well, that one decision isn't that big. Yes, it's huge. It's huge. But you have to choose today who you'll serve. If you're going to choose yourself and your flesh, then choose that. At least you'll be cold and you'll know exactly. And if someone tells you, are you a Christian? You can actually say, no, I'm not. I don't, I'm not a follower of Christ. And I would rather talk to someone that tells me that rather than telling me that, yeah, I'm a Christian, and not, but I don't follow him. What does that mean? I'm a Christian, but I don't follow Christ? That's like saying, I'm a Seahawk fan, but I don't watch it. Right? I love prawns, but I never order it at a restaurant. I, I don't, I don't get that. It just, it it, 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 it's not a good way to start. Be honest and truthful with what you do. But this is the other thing, though, that, that that's that's amazing about that whole thing too, is that when we repent to God by His blood. By his blood, we are forgiven. Crystal, what you're, what you're saying to me is all I have to do is repent? Yes. All you have to do is repent. 
What? You mean I just need to bring it to God, lay it at his feet, tell him I need help, and please help me with my problem, and I don't want to do this anymore? And he'll actually help me? Yes. Yes. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And, and, and here's why. When we read all the way down to the bottom, right, verse 12. Judges 6, verse 12 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. What if Gideon was doing everything else that everyone else was doing when they were when when um when they were building up other 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 things and doing what was wrong in the sight of the Lord? God couldn't use Gideon because Gideon would be like everybody else. And Gideon would go, well, I didn't know. But when we look at it here, the reason why I know that Gideon did right was because the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Gideon did right in the sight of the Lord. Gideon was a valiant warrior because he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Gideon was a valiant warrior. Yeah, he was just like us. Hey, can I do that at night? Can I tear down that thing at night? Because you know everyone else is up during the day. But he did it. And the reason why I say that is Maybe God's calling you to be a valiant warrior, but he needs you to lay down whatever sin that is and to really focus on this relationship between him and you. Maybe that sin that separates you and God is what he wants to, that he wants to deliver you from today. But you think of that sin as this. Ah, it's not that big. I can give it up anytime. Then give it up. Then give it up because he's asking you. And if he wasn't asking you, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Think about that. If God's calling you to give up something, but you won't give it up, why do you think God keeps pursuing you? Because that's what he needs. To, that's the first thing he needs done. God knows the outcome of what's going to be who you, you will be. To overcome all these different things in your lives, I'm going to tell you something. They don't stop. You know, I thought it was my kidneys first. And then my appetite. And then dialysis. And then so many things along the way. And, and they're too numerous. I mean, there, there's a lot. And at one point in time, I looked at my wife and I said, I don't understand all this stuff. Why does it keep happening to me? Why? And I remember my wife going, I don't know, but we just need to pray. And there was a point in time where it was really hard on our marriage. Because she was changing too. 
And then God stepped in. And he touched her. And he touched me. I'll be really honest with you, you know, before all my health problems three years ago, our marriage was okay. There was a lot of things that needed to be cleaned up. And we didn't know how to do those things. And I think we believed we were working on it, but at least from my angle, I don't think I was giving it my all. And through these health problems, God got my attention. So the problems came. I had nowhere to hide. I couldn't even rely, lean on myself because I had no more strength. And I, I was dealing with things I'd never dealt before in my life, and they were scaring me. So I ran back to God as hard as I could. And more things started to come, went bad before it went good. But as he started to change my wife and he started to change myself, I started to understand his love. If you don't spend time with him, you don't understand his love. You can say it. Yeah, Jesus loves me. I sang the song. Own the t-shirt. No, Jesus loves you. He loves you in every area. Jesus loves you so much that the things that you do right and the things that you do wrong, he's taking care of all of it. All at the same time. And then he's also touching someone else. And then he's shining light on your situation. Well, I don't need to be in the light. It's not for you. It's for somebody else going through the same thing. Or will be. Today, as I am, I look at Overcomer. And this is a big statement because I don't think I would ever make this. I do it all over again if I could, if, I, if he he would clean up my marriage and my relationship with him. I do it all over again. And if you know all the things I had to go through in these last three years, you'd go, Chris, you're crazy. Yeah, you know what? I'm foolish for Christ. I'm truly just sold out. Does that mean I'm perfect? Heck no, I'm not perfect. I need to get a lot better. But I'm a lot better than I was, and I know that I'm not stepping half. I'm, if I make big mistakes, I make it big, and I go back and, and, and I clean it up, do it all over, be a mature Christian, get back up, and do it right the next time. You guys aren't stuck. You guys serve a great God, but you don't know the God that you serve. You don't know half of what that love is because you're seeking for it in wrong areas. And you're seeking with it with your own power and you're seeking it with your own wisdom.
You can't do that. You need to lay down your worldly ways and you need to come to him. Because don't let him get to that point where he has to sit you down. I really believe he needed to sit me down. I'm telling you today, you are an overcomer, but you're going to have to overcome and give up everything that's fleshly and everything that is sinful in your life. And, and, and talk is cheap. Don't tell others what you're going to do. Write it down. Give it to God. And let him open up your mouth for testimonies. But you don't need to testify before it comes. You need to do what he's saying to do for today. Quit playing with God. Quit playing with your circumstances. Quit playing for the time that you have on this earth. That's the other thing too. See, if I didn't listen to him, honestly, I think that I would, you know, I wouldn't have any hope. But see, my hope isn't being healed for today. My hope isn't being healed on this earth. My hope that eternity I'll be with him. And that when I come and see him, I'll see him face to face. And that I know that my wife will see him and my family will see him. And I will bring others with me. Yeah, I bet I will. I kept thinking about people talking about people, how they ministered all the way to the end of their death. I was like, what kind of love is that? The same kind of love that he gives you is the same kind of love that you give to others. That's how powerful it is. His power, that, that his love is amazing. But you can't give amazing love unless you receive amazing love. You have to go to the Father. And as you, he, you, you extend your cup and he pours his Holy Spirit into you. Man, greater is he is in you. So that you can do the things that he's called you to do. So you can experience the love that he has for you on a daily basis. You'll never be alone with him with that kind of love. I don't need to count on anybody else but my God. Do I need my wife? Whoa, you bet. You bet. I need God more, though. I need everything. Do you know who you are in Christ? That you are an overcomer and you are, that you are loved. God loves you very much. Go spend time with the one who loves you. Does anyone else have anything else they want, may want to add? Hey, Pastor Chris. Hi, Pastor Catherine. How are you doing, little one? Okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this message that you brought through your son. Just want to add a couple of minor things that, um, as you were as you were speaking, you know, I just kind of pondered and talked to the Lord about. Um, I was looking at your definition of overcomer. In um, the beginning, you know, Webster's overcomer. Can we go back to that first slide or second slide? 
for today. Oh, you're on the I think it's the second slide. Yeah. Yeah, I changed the background. I don't know how I did that. But, oh, right there. That was it. Right there. Um, succeeds overcomer, according to Webster, succeeds in dealing with or gaining control of some problem. Um, or it's kind of big. The screen's kind of big now. Let me go to. I did something. I don't know what I did. Okay. One is exceeding uh, dealing with or gaining control of some problem or difficulty. And as I was uh, pondering and praying about as you were speaking about that, Pastor Chris, the Lord reminded me of his conversation with Cain. Uh, Genesis 4-7. Can we go to Genesis 4-7? Very good. Pastor Chris, are you okay? Yeah. Let's see, 4-7. Mm-hmm. If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and is and its desire for is for you, but you must master it. And um, as the Lord brought me there, you know, he explained to me that, you know, to overcome... And I just went and 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 looked at what is his definition of overcoming, and he said to be victorious, mm. to be victorious, to be the champion, to have control over, to master. To have control over, to master, to be victorious. Which was, you know, as you came to Jer, you know, judges that, you know, he called him a valiant warrior because mm-hmm. he's also told we are more than conquerors. Yeah. Which means we have got to be, you know, I, and I also think of the king of Israel coming to Elisha on his sickbed. And Elisha tells him to hit arrows on the ground. And he only hit two or three times. And the man of God was angry. He said that if he had done it six or seven times, you'd have taken your enemy out. But now you're only going to defeat him for three times. And so it's like to be victorious, to be champion of, to be the master, the ruler, so it can never come and dominate you again. Amen. You know, and even in, you know, and it's like, Lord, and someone would say, that's just too hard. That's just too hard. I it, It's hard. It's hard to pick up my cross. That's too hard. I can't do that when I'm in the... And the Lord brings me to Hebrews 12, 4. Hebrews 12, 4. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> Hebrews 12.4 You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. If you have not shed blood to do what the Lord says to do, you haven't worked as hard as you think you did. Mm -hmm. mm. People who are shedding blood and they're striving against sin. I was sharing with a couple of pastors and Pastor Chris, I know that you were there. We were all there together as tribal at Union Gospel Mission Seattle when we ministered downstairs. And the men would talk about it being hard to do the right thing and being hard to serve the Lord. It was hard to give up drugs. Mm -hmm. And as I was praying, because listening, it's like, Lord, what is the answer that you would give them to help them with this? And so he said, ask them this question. And I asked, turned off the person I asked was a heroin addict. And I mm -hmm. asked him, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. And I said, did you draw blood in your sin? And it became a boys' moment. They all started laughing and wanted to start comparing their drug use stories. Yeah, oh my goodness. That helped they begin to bleed to put that needle in their arm. And so then I asked, if you can draw blood in your sin, why are you not willing to draw blood to strive against that sin? Woo! A lot of people get offended, and even Pastor Chris, I thank you for even your message in the beginning and the end, and I, I heard the tie. In the beginning, it was like, you know, we don't know God. We don't know God if we think God will only talk to you gently. Yeah, yeah. That if what you consider godly is want someone to say, Oh, honey, it's okay. I understand. He'll do that when you're not running into the street, into traffic. But when you're running in the street, you know, it's stop if you're not in danger. It is stop now. Mm. He's saving your life. Mm. He's saving your soul. Woo. You don't have time. He doesn't have time to say, honey, it's okay. And some hear that tone and say, it's not godly. And they get offended. And they work their pastors over or their teachers over because they didn't like the way it was said. Hear pastor's message. That the Lord gave this message through Pastor Chris. Don't focus on the tone, focus on the words. Mm -hmm. What is the Lord saying to you? And in the circumstances, when? Yeah. The first time that the Lord yelled at me, I did the same thing. Oh, that's not my father's voice, because he would never do that. <laughs> I was going to go and watch a movie with my, 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 my little sister. And she and I were best friends. I love that girl. We would do things. And so she says, you know, do you want to go and see this movie? And I said, well, and before I could even pray about it, I heard a loud and resounding no. It echoed in my ears. And I said, oh, well, that's, I said to myself, that's not the Lord. He don't talk like that. 
So I didn't ask him. And I went to that movie with my sister. And two minutes later, we walked out. Ooh. And it traumatized me for a long time. But if I had heard him say no and knew that, you know, see, we're so used to a God of, God, God of love and mercy and compassion. We also have a God who's stern, a God who is, will deal with ungodliness. A God who is a God of wrath. A God who is avenging. We need to get to know our Father in full. And quit letting the enemy tell us, oh, he's just this way. He's never that way. He is holy. But he is God. But he is God. So our victory, we are victorious because we walk with the victorious warrior. We are to be victorious over our sins. We can't keep going back to them and saying, it's okay. It's not okay. It will cost you your soul. And if when you're going through something, if you're waiting on something, and you think it's too hard, Ask yourself, have you drawn blood? Wow. And if you've not drawn blood, don't let the enemy deceive you. Mm. Love all y'all, but I only said so strong because I love the Lord and you love y'all. And I got to tell y'all, okay, I'm off the air. <laughs> Anybody else? There's, there's one, one other thing I want to play. Um, and you'll just hear the audio of it because it's on YouTube. Um, but is there anyone else that has a comment you want to share? Uh, yeah, Pastor Chris. Um, similarly, Pastor, with... can I add one quick thing? Sure. Pastor Edmund, can I add one quick thing? Yeah, go for it. If I ever say something that offends y'all, anybody who's listening or not listening, y'all come talk to me. Come talk to me. If I have offended you, come talk to me. Y'all can see from my big old head and y'all cameras. I'm big enough to take it. <laughs> but I love you enough that I will patiently listen. Amen. But come talk to me. Amen. Don't go beat up anybody else. Beat up me. I can handle it. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> um, Pastor Catherine, thank you. But I also, I also believe that uh, most of those who have been mentored by Pastor Catherine uh, doesn't mince word because it is truth, but at the same time doesn't mean it's uh, what do you call the? Um, I don't know. I'm like a better word, aggressive. Like like doesn't care. It's a someone who cares. So having that said, we have asked the Lord first, and then we you know if if it doesn't if it's still in that in the heart, uh, you know, not in the heart. We you know we have gone to Pastor Catherine. So in the same way, we want to encourage any one of you who. You know, when you hear, as Pastor Chris uh, in his sermon said, you know, often if we just hear past how we feel and then hear the what is said, we can definitely take it to God and God can always, always show us deeper. Um, so one thing I wanted to add to uh, Pastor Chris and Pastor uh, Catherine, I was reminded about what we are used to. Uh, you know, the 90, leave the 99 uh, in, you know, in Matthew 12, 
that talks about leave the 99 and go after that one sheep. Um, I was reminded of that because often people romanticize that, oh, wow, God will leave the 99. He go for that one. How amazing. But if we study the shepherd who go for that one, he comes with a club. Now, not to scare them away. <laughs> uh, often it's because of the discipline that would uh, meant to strengthen the person, the sheep. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, part of overcome. Uh, so it reminds me of that to appreciate what it is that God goes after that one lost sheep. Because he did say uh, in that passage, he did say, so that not one will perish. And um, so thank you, Pastor Chris, for pointing out that that movie, Overcomer. Uh, if some of you haven't seen it yet, uh, I do encourage you to at least check it out. Uh, I don't know if it's out in the movie yet. I believe it, it is coming out. Um, it, you know, it was a coach who was told to do something different than he used to coach. He used to coach something else, and now he's 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 asked to coach track team that has no experience with. He doesn't want to run. And then when he asked for sign up, there was only one girl that showed up and he was asthmatic. And he was like, are you kidding me? How are we going to win anything? That was his thoughts. But the Holy Spirit speaks through that movie, uh, through the principle. And she said, that one girl counts. And that whole life, that coach was changed from there. And he had to depend on the Holy Spirit, on God's wisdom and, and every aspect of it. And I can see that we can reflect through that. And sometimes we count ourselves out. So just wanted to add to that encouragement. Don't count ourselves out. God is still working through us. Uh, Pastor Chris, thank you, because we know that God is still working through you. Um, so in the same way that th- this is a message for all of us. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Admin. Anybody else? Um, so there's also, I'm going to play um, uh, a yeah, little section. Oh, sorry. It's Go ahead. Amy. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, you can't see me either. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was just going to share one thing um, on your comment on how obedi- obedience is the epitome of a Christian. And, you know, for what Pastor Catherine said, if you have offense with her, to take it up with her. But actually, I would really encourage everyone, if you have offense with what was said, take it up with God first. Uh, because we are called to be obedient. For Samuel 15, 22, it says obedience is better than sacrifice. And how that looks is that a lot of times we think we're sacrificing our lives in doing what is obedient to God. But in actuality, all he's asking for is us to seek him for the power to do what he's asking us to do. And so just wanted to clarify that. And also, um, Chris, after you show the movie and uh, play the audio and uh, we do communion, we have a sister here, Esther, who's here for the first time, and she wants to bless us with a song. So I'll let you guys um, do the communion and then just turn it back to us. Oh, great. Oh, great, great, great. So everything that Pastor Admin said leads this this segment. Um, it's it's um, basically um, they're in a drama class, and the guy that's going to be talking is just a classmate. But it's going to show you – it's going to show you um, – the depth of what he's talking about and then she comes on the end of that and um listen to what she says it's amazing it's amazing and and you have to understand she just became a she she just became a believer and that she was in the bible seeking um a lot of questions about 
uh, about God and and how she talks about it of who she is. Um, she finds out um, through the Word of God um, um, the answers. So it was really really cool. So let let me play this. Um, The rest of you can get your things together. The bell should ring in about three minutes. When I listen to that, it's so moving because it's so simple. Not only simple, but powerful. Both those words to her in out of Ephesians chapter one and two. Yeah, Ephesians one and two. Um. Okay. Let me just read um, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. 27. It says, 
Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and number sleep. But if we judge ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for another. So um, during this time, uh, let's just time, take time to, um, to talk to the Lord, to re repent and ask forgiveness of our sins. And then we'll come back in, in just a little bit. <clears throat> 